I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. Eight till they fall. Run through the night. Playing with your life. Going against the beach Smacks one out to center. Rumsey still moving back, and in his first career at wow. bat, a home run. Speaking of shows, here's Tommy White, who homered his first time up. Smacks the first pitch to dead center, and are you kidding me? Sent over the center field wall, and might have another. This is a towering shot to center field, and a three home run day in Tommy White's debut. Here's the 3-1. It's a good-looking pitch. White smokes it to center, and that's out of here. A grand slam for Tommy White. Here's the 1-0. White tattoos a ball to left center. What a weekend for Tommy White. That's his fifth home run as a member of the Wolfpack. I don't know how you get this guy out. Oh, my gosh. Welcome to Raleigh, Tommy White. The National Player of the Week is right here in Raleigh. And right here in Raleigh, we are back with another edition of the Red White Podcast. I'm your host, Evan, here with Will. Will, how do you feel about being a baseball podcast now? I wish we had a correspondent to cover it. Um, <laughs> it's killing me that I'm going to have to spend so much of my time and energy and gas driving down to Raleigh to watch these games. All by myself. No one's going to watch them with me. Um, <laughs> it's going to be tough. Um, we'll have Zach back on the podcast. He's moving. Just had a baby. He had a bunch of stuff going on. But he is going to be back talking baseball with me. We're going to do a Twitter Spaces on Sunday night after the series, uh, the weekend series. And we'll have um, our former correspondent. I assume he's going to want to chime in there. But yeah, is he is he allowed to? <laughs> I think it's it's an unofficial capacity as a fan, probably. Yeah, but I've watched all the baseball games so far this year, at least most of them, or you know, most of the innings. Because freaking Tommy White is ridiculous. I can't recall a better start to an athletic career at NC State than what Tommy White's done. Fourteen at bats. 643 average, five home runs, 12 RBIs. I mean, just absolutely crushing it. That's not even, that was just his weekend. That wasn't yesterday. And today he went one for one, got walked twice. Uh, I mean, <laughs> they moved him up in the lineup the second. I mean, so it's going to be harder for them to pitch around him. I mean, just ridiculous how good he is already. And I hope even if he comes back down to earth, at some point, which you got to imagine is going to happen, that it's it's not a, like a huge fall, right? That he maintains some level of this. He's hitting a beach ball right now. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's unreal. I just I equate it to Dennis Smith Jr. When somebody put it out on Twitter on Twitter earlier, they were like, you know, what's the what's the comparable? Like DSJ was averaging. 20 plus and seven assists in his first five games. Like he was, he was unreal too. Tommy. White, yeah. National and then he League. tanked our whole program. So Tommy, please <laughs> do not take notes from alleged 
payment uh, taker, Dennis Smith. Technically, I guess it was his father they claimed it, right? Technically, they, uh, yeah. Technically. You know what? It doesn't matter, Tommy. NIL, baby. Just claim it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have some more baseball thoughts in depth later in the week. I think early on, it's really hard to judge too much based on the level of competition. Evansville, Longwood, Bryant. Uh, oh, not Bryant. ECU played Bryant and got swept. Um I don't know. I think it's about as good a start as you can imagine. And I think it's a reprieve that we've all needed just to get some excitement, just, you know, carrying on the hype from last year's debacle. I think just this was a great start and having a guy that they can really sell and kind of galvanize it. I think that's what's going to, I think this was really going to, get the season going and get, you know, get the excitement going, getting people like you watching or me watching and everybody else who's in the chat. We've been watching, you know, baseball weekend and it's just not something we've done historically this early. Everybody's usually watching basketball. Everyone's got dinger fever, man. But now like, yeah, now you have something (laughs) you can really rally around and you have a guy that is just getting attention from everywhere and really capitalizing on the hype preseason, right? States, top 10 now number nine and i just i think you having that ability to have somebody like that really you can showcase i think that's i think it's awesome i think you're really we're really going to see the uh, (laughs) benefits of of having that figurehead it's going to be brutal when i come down there for a weekend series and have to sit there with chance the whole time and this guy does not hit a home run and (laughs) he's currently on pace for 100 home runs (laughs) I saw that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it's going to be brutal. And I'll just know. be sitting there and I'll be like, I guess I'm going to gonna tell, I don't know, Chance, I guess we'll do Wordles or something. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I was watching the game today and um, Whitaker pitched and, or Roger was pitching. And he, I think it was kind of the last, the two midweek starters, Adams and Whitaker, people weren't really sure what to expect. And I thought Whitaker showed really well. Five innings, two hits, five Ks when I stopped watching at, at one point. I know he got um, pulled for Garrett Payne, but really good outing. And if you can get quality innings from those guys, I think you'll really see um, see the benefit as the rotation starts to settle in. Well, the last Tommy White fact I, I saw earlier wrote down, his home runs this past weekend averaged 105 miles an hour exit speed 416 feet and he's hitting bombs he's not just dinking them out there he's absolutely hitting bombs which is so wow what's this guy's deal why is he in college i, don't I mean have did a he... clue. i don't have a clue yeah i need to, I, we I need to dig on this he went in the draft at some point i don't i don't know i don't know let me i thought someone said and I don't want to disparage any NC State athlete, but I thought someone implied like he just like wasn't in shape or something like that for the pro level. But I could completely be mis- mistaking who we're talking about because guess what? I have not watched any of these baseball games yet because I spent my whole weekend trying to fix a tool. So um, I was only catching these highlights on Twitter, and as uh, Chance was, um, you know, dying. <laughs> living in in 
in pure joy at each each home run. So here's an IPS article from July last year. Okay. Uh, NC State signee was closely follow, following the 2021 MLB draft to see if he'd be selected, potentially leaving tough decision, sign a pro contract, or suit up for the Wolfpack. However, White had a plan in place, which ultimately played a role in him not being picked in the draft. So he wasn't picked. Oh. This was a hectic. This week was hectic. White said, laughing, I had some interest in stuff, but I wasn't going to sell myself short. I wanted to go to college and try to earn more out of college. My goal has been to go to NC State for the longest time, play for three years, and hopefully go to Omaha a couple times. This has been a goal of mine since I was a little kid to play college baseball. So we certain what? we set a certain financial number to go pro, and teams knew what it was. There you go. I was going uh, to be st- what position? Oh, sorry. No, sorry. I was going to be strict and stand by it, and it didn't hit. It was a really easy decision for me because I was going to stick by my number no matter what. So, um, what, what it adds on. Oh, sorry, one more. He adds on. Clearly, he was talented enough to be selected high in the draft. Six foot one, two hundred twenty pounders considered one of the best pure prep hitters in baseball. Perfect game had him as the number eighteen overall prospect in the country and number oh, wow. one third base prospect. Yeah. So did, where was it? so he wasn't drafted at all? Or it, he was it looks drafted, like he wasn't drafted wasn't. at all. So I'm guessing if I'm reading this right, he had a number in mind that he wanted, and teams weren't willing to pay it. And so, oh, okay. I'm curious how long often that happens. That's really interesting to me. Well, what's his NIL number? Because I'm sure he's going to get a quite a bit of it now. Um, <laughs> yeah. We okay, man. We've been talking about NIL and NFTs too much offline. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. So he's a third yeah. baseman, huh? So future pro at least in softball is what he's I'm playing hearing. first for the pack. At least he was today. Yeah, and the number one third base process. It's a huge get to get a guy like that to campus. So I'm curious oh, yeah. what kind of money scared off the MLB teams. I wonder what that was. Well, I'm sure. I mean, I guess I never even thought about it, that they would be having conversations pre-draft about what he wants. But right, yeah, good for him, man. And, you know, hopefully with you know the new landscape with NIL, you know, guys like that, will come to college if, if, if they say, Hey, you know what? Yeah. I'd rather just go and do this. And frankly, I'd rather be getting paid some amount of money in college than going through what those guys could go through on, um, in the minor leagues. Right. Um, which sounds quite frankly, like awful at times. Um, you know, so yeah, good for us. LA David, way to go, man. Recruit. So, the rumor going around is that Groover, uh, so this guy's name is Lejeu, James, sorry, LeJames Groover, he goes by Gino, um, is going to take over at first base for White and move White to third and Paloli, Pal- I, I can't pronounce any of the guys, Paloli, Paloli, I can't pronounce their names. Gee uh, whiz, old up. man, come on. P-I-L-L-O-I-L, O-L-I. Okay, spell it again. P-I-L-L-O-L-I. Palali. Palali. Yeah, I'm having a hard time today. A Pilali. That's how you can say it. <laughs> when he moves up to the when he gets healthy enough to play outfield. So it'll be interesting to see where they keep white. Right now he's at first. He was at first this, base. This may be a dumb question. Do they have DHs in college? No. Okay. I don't think so. I was trying to think back because I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I've seen like the pitchers hitting, so that's probably not the case. Um, I had the box score okay. open. 
That's all good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is how much we know about baseball. We're new baseball fans. Chance got us hype last year. It's 17-0, by the way. Chance didn't do anything, okay? It was the Wolfpack themselves beating Arkansas that got me hyped, okay? I remember that day so well, Evan, because I got engaged that day, and it will live in infamy. And as far as I'm concerned, we won the World Series that day. That's how well, I, I can't pronounce it. the guy's name because it was spelled wrong in this <laughs> IPS oh document. But yes, they do have a DH. Paul Holly was the DH. Yeah. So they do have DHs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Boy, this has been painful for all the football fans who are like, this is a football podcast, right? Yeah. And get out of here they... with baseball. Anyway, so we'll I'm... get into baseball more later when I have appropriate people who can talk about <laughs> baseball without sounding like idiots. <laughs> I like mean, my greatest contribution to baseball uh, in the Slack chat so far was uh, asking whether or not they served whiskey at the games. So, you know, take a hint, Wolfpack Nation. If you if you guys want people like me to come more often, increase the libations at the game. We got to talk about at the the at the games. Um, I I didn't write this in the notes, but this weekend series it came to find out that they they've removed all printed material from athletics which i certainly understand but what does that mean so there's no like programs or roster cars they were handing out at baseball uh you know it's like a cost-cutting measure yeah program you know they probably what they probably what it is they use covid as you an nft of the roster yeah Will's got a giant glass of whiskey. This podcast's gonna get off the rails. Oh man, I forgot that my video's on. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sipping Buffalo Trace for the the whiskey nerds out there. All right, but they so they got away, got rid of all of the printed materials for athletics games. I get it. They should have probably told some people because I know, especially baseball, older generation, they like their lineup cards. You know that kind of deal. You know, I I will say right like I have I that is the one thing I've always liked about going to baseball games is you get the you get the little pamphlet and uh, you know it serves as a uh, a fan when it's hot outside which is going to happen at some point. Um, yeah. Man, that kind of sucks. They can't just hand out like um, copies of the technician with the baseball rosters. I mean, there's there's got to be. Or, or let me guess, do they not print the technician anymore? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I don't know. I'm wondering. Now I feel like it's probably like a once a week thing or something. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me because, I mean, yeah. I remember finances were a problem when I was there. But the other things that happened at this this weekend series, which I think is disappointing that they've run out of concessions they didn't have merchandise tents. Like if you want to really want to op- capitalize on the hype from last year and now the hype from this year, they just. Wait, they are you serious? They don't have merchandise. They didn't have merchandise in the first year. I mean, there might be something they're going to add. I don't know what the explanation is. Nobody got back to us. They ran out of beer. They ran out of food. There was only certain things you could get. It was just very disappointing 
<sighs> Come on. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I just, you know, it's just a little things like that where, you know, we're going to not t- expect people to be excited. I don't know. Right. And support the team. Yeah. Maybe they're still, you know, maybe they're in COVID mindset or something or didn't think. I mean, I, I assume there was a good, I assume there was good attendance there. Yeah, they sold I, yeah out? I believe so. Yeah, I believe, um, I believe they were sold out. Well, um, I tell you what, um, someone should be printing out rosters and handing those out and uh, taking donations if they're smart right now. Um, chance, <clears throat> chance, and um, he's got enough jobs. <laughs> he could take out another and have and have the donate and have the money donated go to the players. Like, come on, guys! Like, there's some easy. Uh, someone can think this through. Someone can figure it out. Just go go on legal zoom, make a or uh, whatever, and make a <laughs> make a S corp, C corp, or something. Um. That's frustrating, I, I do, man. That's really frustrating to hear. Yeah. Um, I just hope it was an oversight or a logistical slip of some sort that was out of their control. Um, man, come on. Like, don't, don't treat the, don't treat the sport that probably had the most attention in the off season as like a charity case or not. I mean, right. And, and that's kind of my, that's kind of my concern is like, they deserve they deserve better than that, right? They deserve not being second class citizen. I think, you know, I think we've seen that enough. And and who knows? It might be logistics. It might be who knows? They couldn't get certain th- certain things or uh, enough people to run the booths or whatever. I I don't know what it is, but not communicating these sorts of things. Not. I don't know, being organized, you know, we're, we're going to talk about the NIL stuff here in a minute. And, you know, if you can't fundamentally get some of these simple things, right, how much confidence do you have in the more important things or the bigger things? So here's the, here's the note somebody sent us. They ran out of hot dogs, ran out of Chick-fil-A sandwiches, cheeseburgers, barbecue nachos in the third inning. They only had one concession chain open. We were in line for the entire inning. I just like what time was the game? Was it a lunch game? No, afternoon game. Early? Yeah, it was an afternoon okay. game. Yeah. Okay. And it was I mean, super maybe, nice, maybe like super nice yeah. weather. Yeah. No shops for buying shirts, jersey, souvenirs, etc. Disappointing. Disappointing. I do have Zach's notes from the baseball game or a baseball series. And I'll read them just because I'm sure somebody out there wants me to. Boys look good today. Expected the pitching to get touched up a little. It's February, but Sam looked good. Five innings is plenty for first action. Bats look good too. Tommy White. Sheesh. Devontae got to keep trying to get backside like he was doing in the Super Regionals and College World Series last year. I feel like he was trying to pull everything today instead of using the whole field and let the ball travel. I harp on Brown just because I have this gut feeling that this team will go as Go this year as he goes, similar similar to Johnny Butler last year. I think that's a good comparison. Uh, feeling was okay for a 20-run game in February. Got to clean it up a bit. Love new padding behind the plate and on the outfield walls. All in all, great o- opening day. 
That's Zach's analysis. So. Let me ask, um, in case there's anyone listening that knows, um, when I last checked, I still couldn't find like a direct link to just go donate to the baseball projects. And one of our team members from Slack sent me a message with a link and it went to like an error page. So <laughs> have right now, the only thing I've seen online is like a link that connects me with the Wolfpack club to go do this. No offense, Wolfpack club. I just want to give you guys some money and I really just don't want to talk to anyone right now. So if uh, anywhere out there in the ether can um, message us on Twitter, please do. And tell me if there's a direct link to donate to the funding. Cause I'd like to, Give a little bit of a donation here because I've got a nice bonus coming. <laughs> nice. So, um, and Will's a man yeah. of his word. I was at my parents' I, house. Well, I yeah. was at my parents' house a couple of weeks ago, and I sat down and I saw his email address written on a piece of paper, and I was like, "What in the hell? Why does my mom have Will's email address written down on a piece of paper?" Will had donated to my mom's dog rescue, and she was trying to figure out who the hell he was in order to <laughs> send him a thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that's if, you how need, if, if your mom needs our address, I'll, uh, you're, you're on the approved list. I'll give it out <laughs> to you. Um, yeah. Oh, and I don't know if we ever said anything or not, but, uh, thanks everyone for your suggestions and recommendations. The best part that came out of this is, um, someone had recommended a UNC children's hospital fund, which I did donate to. And then the fund has sent me multiple things in the mail. And, my wife has been like, why the hell is UNC <laughs> sending you stuff? And I was like, oh, you know, I donated to that fund. And she was like, someone couldn't suggest a better fund to you. And I was like, it's for the children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks for all the suggestions. Um, that reminds me, I probably need to go back and check and see if I did all my company match um, stuff for it. So um, those donations may double here if I go back and remember that. Love Who knows? This, this whiskey glass is pretty big today. Yeah. Um, anyway, Tommy White's going to help us get through the rest of basketball season. That's all I got about baseball for now, but we'll, we'll get into it more. But speaking of basketball, pack place at night, 7 o'clock on Bally Sports against Boston College. Oh, God, is it really on Bally? Yeah. So Man. it's going to be impossible to watch if anybody really wants to watch it. I think I put my quick thoughts out on Twitter earlier today. We're better than Boston College. We should win. I'm curious how we're going to react to the seven day layoff or come out sluggish. I feel like we'll probably start slow. We'll pick it up and then be able to hold them off. Pack wins by eight ish or something like that. Although Boston College did light it up against FSU. Yeah. I checked their stats. In every game this year that they've shot over 40% from three, which is quite a few, they followed it up with under 18% game. <laughs> every game. Yeah, I was about to say, there's a lot of averages that probably catches up quickly with a team like Boston College. Yeah. Did, did they also have a seven-day layoff? No, they played two days ago or three days ago. Okay. So I hope, well, I won't get to, I probably won't be able to watch it because I don't know if I'll figure out where to stream this. Um, But I hope we come out, since we got the rest, that we come out and press and play really aggressive. Um, right. You know, hopefully take advantage of that. Um, man, that's really annoying. Cause honestly, I was really looking forward to watching the game tonight. Cause I was telling you before this, I've got some free time this evening and I guess I will now, I don't know, watch 
more love is blind by myself. Um, <laughs> the, uh, oh, man, that's so annoying. First you hit me with the concession issues at baseball. And now you're telling me it is definitely on Bally sports. Yeah. Why, why does this happen to us? Uh, what is the whole point of an ACC uh, network? Why do I pay for an ACC network if I can't actually get ACC games? That's a good point. I don't know. <sighs> it's, it's, it's I'm going to send an email to Jim Phillips about this. <laughs> you should. Maybe he'll respond. Okay, I know you're really in tune with this um, TV contract that was negotiated prior to you. <laughs> and that is literally uh, pacing us two to three X behind other conferences. Um. Man, you're really firing me up today. NFTs and this. Uh, one more baseball thought I lied. I wanted to make a note. JT Jarrett is batting. He's batting 647 right now, which is absurd. He's having a great start to the year. Yeah. Is he the is he the one that hit the big home run against Arkansas? Am I or wait, was that Vanderbilt? Oh man. I I, you're asking the wrong person. He he did play well at the end of last year. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, Bally Sports. Uh, I don't know. Pack, pack should be all right. Boston College, not very good. But Can I recommend some NIL concepts that should make people money? Um, shagging balls for Tommy White? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's. I, I, think, I still think that when all is said and done, um, the red and white team is going to have the most creative uh, NIL opportunities. If we ever <laughs> get a way to get this thing set up, um, assuming the coaches will let us actually interact with their athletes. Um, <laughs> well, uh, we're getting ahead because I don't want to talk about NIL yet. But I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. you can't expect me to follow a sheet of Google paper. Um, I know. I actually gave Will notes, and he's all over the place. Uh, Hold on. I'm getting a whiskey and ice cube delivery, so go for it. Yeah. Whiskey and ice cube. Oh, there you go. <laughs> He's not kidding. He's got a giant ice block holding it up to his <laughs> camera. That's right. Because I have the best wife in the world. Hey, talking about you. Yeah, you're on the pod now. Um, anyway. The other thing that happened with the basketball that is not is off the court. Kevin Keats is going around blocking folks. There's okay, now, cer- hold on. See, I, I'm sorry for everyone listening. I am like three drinks ahead of Evan right now. <laughs> so I'm a terrible co-host tonight. I'm drinking on a light stomach, but um, has he blocked anyone other than the one person? Yeah, so he blocked um, a girl who is very uh, fanatical on Twitter, like a lot of the fans Kins. are. Yeah, Ken's, who has not been happy with the basketball performance this year, like most people. So I get it. But then our own in- one of our own interns got blocked. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, sorry, I must have missed this. <laughs> yeah, you missed. You might have missed this the other day. Um. Yeah, one of our interns got blocked by Kevin Keats. I think he put it in the... I don't know, he just tweeted it at me earlier. Well, let me say, I always appreciate when the basketball program uses our audio for um, for social media posts. And please feel free to continue doing that. I appreciate it. Please just give us a little bit of a hat tip when you do that. It would be nice. Um, I mean... 
if I was coach and people were like just wildly railing on me on Twitter, I think I might block them too. I know there's a mute feature, but I kind of feel like uh, the block is sending a message, right? Uh, I don't appreciate the way you're talking about me. Because I will say, like, some of those tweets from folks are just, I mean, to the point where it's like, kind of like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want that on, I don't want that even possibly at me in any way. So I get it. I get it. it. As a human being, I get it. Like, Keynes wasn't throwing threats or. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. Yeah. Excited. I get it. But not necessarily. I don't know, blockworthy. Maybe the frequency might have gotten gotten people riled up. I, I don't know. I think that's um, my recommendation for um, any public figure is uh, don't like search your name. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have thicker skin, right? You're getting paid a lot of money to do this, and so our intern didn't even tweet at Kevin Keats. He responded to the Pack Athletic account and was asked something about questions or whatever. And he responded, "Is Kevin Keats a winner?" Or Kevin oh, Keats is I a mean, winner? Question mark. I mean, NC State deleted it. NC State deleted it. First of all, NC State Wait, deleted, they deleted their, his post. No, they deleted their <laughs> their post, which is oh, okay. I was like, I didn't realize there was that power. <laughs> and then Kevin Keats blocks the intern who was not tagged in this and you know not tagged this okay. anyway. So how did he find this? Hey okay, here's uh, this has been my biggest question. Is Kevin Keats on, it's Kevin Keats on Twitter doing the blocking? And if so, I would highly recommend him like tweet at the person first and then block them kind of like Matumbo style. <laughs> I think it would be funny. Um but second, if if there's like an intern or someone behind scenes that's that's managing this and is just like, I think they I just got kind of it. imagine that they're just like, they're not even telling Kevin about this. They're just like, I'm so exhausted by this crap, and they just block someone out of anger, you know, yeah. in the middle of the night. I could see that, and then like Kevin's getting this heat for blocking people, and it's like Kevin's not even managing that account. Does does Ke- does the Kevin Keats account even? Tweet? That's a good question. Yes, yes, it does. Definitely, definitely. Okay, okay. And we know he does look at it, and he does use it, because he has made some comments towards other folks um, and their comments about him. So he's definitely, he's out there tweeting. I don't know if he's the one blocking it. You're right, it could be, it could be an intern just. Like, F this, I'm just tired of it, blocking people. But he is definitely out there using that Twitter account. We know this because there's been other instances. Yeah. It's, what it's, he doesn't know. know or what these people are blocking, they don't know. If you block and then unblock somebody, it automatically unfollows them from you. So you don't have to block them. They won't see your stuff anymore. Hold on. Say that again. If you block somebody, right? So if I block you. And then I unblock you, it automatically removes you from my followers. So that you're not but getting my could, updates. They can still search okay. for it and probably follow you again. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it unfollows you for the time being. It's like a you know, it's like a mute button almost, but it's without it's a passive aggressive mute button. 
All right, well, let's imagine we're coaches for NC State. I get football because I'm a football podcast guy and you you get golf. Um, <laughs> in your time, like as coach and like, you know, yeah, you got to be tweeting occasionally to keep up that social presence. Would you be searching to see like what people say about you? Nah, man, you don't want, you don't want any of that. I get enough heat from freaking podcast account. If I had a hundred thousand followers, that's yeah. Like some of these coaches do the amount of stuff that gets thrown at them. Like you don't go out seeking it. Why would you do that? Don't even check yeah, your I mentions mean, at, at that point. What's going on? I mean, on? first off, like, you know, that most, you know, okay, here's going to be the, well, okay, hold on. We'll take that offline. But <laughs> the thing is, is like one, you don't even know if these people are even state fans in general. Um, they, you know, I don't know. I, I just, yeah. I don't really care what people say about me. And so for me, I would be kind of of the mindset of my focus is my players. My focus is my program. And that shows your level of maturity. Well, yeah, but I, I, I guess my thing is if people are complaining about the season or my job or whatever, me blocking them doesn't stop them from continuing to tweet that. So the, negative ramifications will be out there. So unless they think that by blocking someone, it will change their behavior in some capacity um, and improve somehow our social footprint, I I don't see the value in it. So like, I would just honestly recommend that no one ever Google their name or Twitter search for it because, okay, let's say there's 99% really nice things. And then the 1% of the fan base is just railing you in that in the tweets that night why 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 bother blocking them who cares um unless they really thought like i'm gonna block this person because it it's gonna shift the social conversation around us i i don't see it so and and i know our intern doesn't tweet much and he so that that was just such a random that was a random block because Kevin Keats yeah. was nowhere mentioned, nowhere. You know, it's a deleted tweet now. Like, I I don't understand. Ken's, I kind of understand. He she was tagging yeah. him a lot and that, but at that, some point, I'm like, and she's know, probably known. She's probably known in that building. Yeah. So I could imagine like the frustration with a a person that's had some interactions with the program. I assume. Um, doing that and just being like hey come on let's let's get this under control a little bit i guess i would have like dm'd them yeah and and said hey like um we're working can we're trying to get better nobody yeah Yeah. um but at the same time it's like just the thought of your basketball program at any level is spending time monitoring social media to that degree and blocking people correct it's annoying but at the same time, like, again, it could just be literally someone's job. That's just like, hey, if someone's acting a fool and being a pain in the butt, block them, move on. Maybe that person had no idea. Whatever. Yeah, it's um, weird. I don't know. Either way, it's it's. I'm curious if it happens at other programs, though. I know FSU football does it because they blocked me. <laughs> well, and that's what's crazy, right? It's kind of like, you know what? Here's the thing. The world would be a much better place if everyone behaved on Twitter like the Belk Bowl did. And 
I always, I just think it's like, just be fun, have, you know, have a good attitude on there. And if people are acting a fool, like just ignore them. It doesn't matter. It's but there's Twitter. probably some yeah. social media intern that is literally having to monitor all this sh- stuff. And it's just it's like, you know what? Know. I don't want to deal with this. And they probably just sent a message and said, hey, you guys cool with I, if I block this person? And then they did it. Or maybe they, maybe they didn't even ask, but it's just it's just not a good look. Just ignore it. Yeah, just ignore Mute it. them. There's a, yeah. literally a feature so that you yeah. never have to hear from them again. Or yeah. if you're going to do it, I'd rather you tweet out from the official account and be like, today's people that are blocked are blah, 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 blah <laughs> right? Yeah. And you read off a list each day and That'd have some amazing. fun with it. Yeah. That, that would be my recommendation. If, if anyone from the school is listening today is is do it like that. That's, You're getting paid millions of dollars. You need to have a little bit thicker skin. That's what it comes down to in this regard, especially in social media these days. That's just the way it is. Like FSU, I get blocking me. I'm an outsider. I made a joke about Willie Taggart, which I thought was hilarious. They didn't like it, but it probably wasn't a good joke. I'm it probably wasn't right a good now. joke. It probably wasn't a good joke, but you know, the do something campaign. That's still, I stand by it. I stand. You know, we it. should record these podcasts, these videos, because I'm sitting here. No one's watching, and I'm off here looking off camera, talking to an invisible person, being like, no one no one even thought that was funny. <laughs> Maybe we should join the YouTube space, and then we could end every uh, one of these no, shows. I start know. every show. We could start it with, hey, you know, we really want to get to 1,000 subscribers so that we can get ad revenue for our show. <laughs> and then we would put affiliated link- links in it. See, this is why I, I feel like we've been missing the boat. We put affiliated links in it of to like Yeti coolers and all this stuff on Amazon. And then we'll get money when people click it because they appreciate us and they want us to get, you know, two to 4% of the sale. And hold up. Speaking of, I forgot, forgot the ad reads. (laughs) Yeah. Our sponsors do the ad reads. Our sponsors. Um, I forgot. I wasn't, I was going to, I need to change up my recording for living relief. Still check them out livingrelief.com red white 20 20 off uh, i know they've added a bunch of new stuff and they'll have some more let's, coming soon let's do let's do a combined ad read for them next time let's do okay. this let's team up i need I need to get you on some delta eight i'm uh, in sales i can sell this stuff come on let me do right. let me do this stuff i can do it and then um, home hold on home field sell some home field for us red white okay Promo All right, code. I'll I'll sell it right Go now. Um, this is unscripted. Um, I received my home field uh, hoodie uh, last week, and I wore it for three days straight. It was extremely comfortable. I did order a size up because I do recommend that. Unless you are a skinny uh, model type, uh, the home field clothing is definitely modern, but um, it's super comfortable. I've gotten lots of compliments from it inside the house and outside. Um, and I think it's absolutely worth the money. And you can use the code, uh, what was it, red white, and you red get a 15% white. off if you're a signing up for the first time for Homefield. And if you are not signing up for the first time, I recommend you create a new account <laughs> and <laughs> sign up for the first time so you can get that 15% off. Um, great company, great designs, very comfortable. Looking forward to seeing what the, uh, what the apparel turns out to be uh, down the road as far as designs are concerned. And um, you won't you won't be upset. Just make sure your order size up. My man uh, Assad, I think I'm pronouncing that name right, 
went a little overboard with his home field purchases. I think he bought two of everything. He put a picture on Twitter. I was like, holy crap, man. That wouldn't fit in my closet. He bought that much stuff. But anyway, <laughs> thanks, Homefield, for sponsoring the podcast. I appreciate it. Hopefully, they made their money uh, with their with their release. They should have. I mean, based yeah. on those bar charts, right? I mean, I was a little mad that they didn't send a second like follow-up bar chart. I'd be mm-hmm. curious if someone wants to tweet at them. Um, because, I, I mean, we were up there with West Virginia and a few others as far as, you know, yeah, pretty high sales. And I think it just goes to what we had been saying all along in podcasts over a year ago when we were saying, why aren't we on home field? Why aren't we doing this? There's an untapped market for very fun, creative, vintage or new designs. And the the department should embrace it and look inside the fan base for those design concepts and then go outside of it. Um, but there's a broader market out there than what you've been putting in the stores and people are happy to spend their money on it. And if you drop these releases at smart times that coincide with the start of the football season, basketball season, baseball season, you guys could generate a lot of money just for the department. But if you uh, come up with ways to partner with NC state folks who want to start, NIL type opportunities, um, the athletes, etc. I think there's a, a wide open venue for you guys to go generate cash. And I think the yeah. home field apparel really proved that. Yep. And I think that uh, it also lines up with the, what we've been saying is that we just need more merch to buy. We don't need coaches blocking exclusive merch for their own benefit. Like just give us some options, man. There's just not enough. Uh, good stuff out there for us to buy. So I guarantee they could sell 500 of those uh, sideline polos that the coaches had during yeah. the, what was that? The first game of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Those looks, those look really sharp guys. Like we're not joking. Capitalize on it. All right. Keats 2023 is going to be your basketball coach. Strongly believe this. Um, I believe it is accurate. I put this out there last week at some point that, and even barring a just complete disaster coming in the season, which I or coming to close the season, Kevin Keats will be here next year. So people are going to have to deal with that. And it's going to be it. interesting. What was that? I said I support it. I was going wild in the chat that one day last week about it. Um, why, though? Let, why do you support it? I think there are some fair arguments around specifically around injuries. I don't care how good the second or third person is supposed to be, but I think having injuries concentrated on one spot makes a big impact. We saw it in football when the secondary got like practically wiped out during that 2019 season. And it was just very hard for the team to cope with it. There were other injuries that year. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, But it was most felt, I think at that spot. So I, I definitely understand where they come from when they bring up Manny Bates and others injuries. Um, two, I would say I, I have, I have issues with other parts, but I would like to say that my argument for like not challenging replacing Keats is the assumption that the department will at least say, dear Kevin, please get better assistant coaches. And let's work on the development of the guys that are here 
and improve the recruiting, you do not have a NCAA cloud over you any further. So maybe you do not need to have guys that I would say are overly loyal to you and grateful just to be here. <laughs> um, you don't need those types anymore. You're in the clear. So get better assistance. That should help with recruiting. It should help with the transfer portal, whatever. It should help with development of our players. Um, three, I still appreciate his folksy personality, and I think it sort of works. So I would like to see that stay here because I enjoy that. Well, uh, four, I don't think we have anyone better truly lined up right now, so I don't see the point of going through a coaching search just to rehash the same old crap. If you are going to fire Kevin Keats and give me a significant upgrade at it, I'm all for it. Um, but that's just because I want to see us get better. But I just think the challenge for a guy like him is the team is relatively young. I feel like there's a lot of... I feel like there's like some unrealistic expectations in basketball that you have to have like significant jumps from like freshman year to sophomore year. Um, I think the COVID year probably impacted them just like it did in football for a lot of programs. It's unfortunate that they didn't seem to improve the way that the football team did, but whatever. Um, That's a pretty big whatever. I mean, the thing is like, I mean, like, here's the thing (laughs) I'd rather, I know, but then my, most important part and the reason I bring up football is because I'm trying to transition to my other point and I've had a lot of whiskey. So my most important part is I don't want to fire a coach without an obvious upgrade in hand because frankly, there's no need to burn buyout money that could be going to the programs that are doing a good job right now, specifically football, women's basketball, baseball, etc. There's no need to burn up millions of dollars just to make a change if you don't have a significant improvement in place. And I just don't know who that is right now. Um, It's not saying that they're not out there, but I'd rather give Kevin the extra year and say, okay, you don't have the NCAA to blame. You don't have injuries to blame. You've got time to go out and improve your staff if you want to. You've got time to go out and get transfers and bring in any additional recruits. But performance is expected to improve. If you can't improve it, and it's got to improve beyond just getting to like 500 or 11 and 9 or anything like that. Like we need to see serious improvement, Kevin. And if you don't see it, then you can just say, hey, look, you know, the metrics are here. We're, we want to be better than this. It's a transition period for the entire league with UNC and Duke, etc. going through coaching changes. There's no point in us actually being a bronze medal program, but it would be nice for us to at least be the bronze medal. And we're not third place right now. So make us competitive. And if you can't get us competitive next year, then I don't want to really want to hear it. Um, but I'd rather give him an opportunity to prove that this is a 2019 season. And yeah. during that 2019 season in football, we went and made significant changes afterwards and made improvements and it yielded immediate results. 
And even though we suffered injuries in the 2020 right, let season. Let me cut you off. Let me cut you off. I'm feeling good right now. Come no, on. No, no. Cut right, you off. That's fine. That's fine. The 2019 comparison, I don't like the comparison. I, and I, we might have talked about this before, but. Yeah, I think we did. Dave had shown progress in other areas that have uh, indicates that, okay, we can get by with this. You're playing a lot of young guys. This, this basketball team's not young. Um, so I, I don't find those very apt comparisons. The somebody gave us a question is you give Keats one more year and uh, the roster next season will probably lose a lot. What was it? If, is, is it fair to give Kevin Keats one more year? The roster next season will probably lose a lot. What's the difference in firing this season or after next season? I don't think one year does anything for you. And Oh, okay. Uh, so I want to answer that. Yeah. If you're on, if you're saying, Hey, Kevin, here's a, you got another year. I just, what are you expecting him to get out of that? Even his baseline has been middle of the pack. So he gets us back to his baseline, middle of the pack, on the bubble. Is that good enough? Uh, to me, I, I need to see some real progress in order to say that that one year is worthwhile. Otherwise, why are you waiting and just delaying the inevitable Inevitable, unless it's a, you know financial reasons? Well, the argument, right, that we were that we were told a few months ago, right, was we've been under this NCAA cloud. It's been limiting our ability to get recruits. It's whatever. It's making all these impacts, right? So that's gone. So the reason I say is give them another year. And if you want to publicly say that it's not just another year, whatever, fine. Um, he doesn't have that excuse anymore. So you should be able to go out in the transfer portal now and be like, we're all clear. The school backs me. Everything's good. Come here, come play. You should be able to go out and get those one and done grad transfers that maybe were like, ah, I don't want to come here in case there's not going to be an opportunity to go to the tournament. Yeah. Like, let's hit the, the excuses have been stripped away as far as I'm concerned at this point. So I say, give the guy a clean slate for the year and say, you've got your year. You have no, no BS back here that you can claim any further. Go out and show that you are an elite coach. You are a winner. Go do it. And there shouldn't be an excuse. Oh, I don't have Seabron anymore. Well, that's your fault. You did a great job identifying these Seabrons. Go, go find another one. You should be able to go out in the transfer portal and say, look what we did for Darion. He was so good this year, even in a bad year. That he just got drafted, or he's getting paid pro league money, or blah 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 blah, or he's still here. Look at all the nil money he's getting. So here's it my question. Be that hard. Here's my question about this: and is it? Oh wow! What? Oh, I'll get back to that. My my question <laughs> is: is Keats is is this roster? Does it show Keats's inability to identify transfer portal talent? as we've seen with some issues, I'm not going back through this all again, or is it the, the, the mythical cloud hanging over us? I don't know how you determine one way or the other, other yeah, than, you can't. yeah, it's, it's a guess, you know, you have your opinion on one side and the other opinions on the other, but that's the biggest question to me is that if you got one year, yes, anything can be fixed with the portal. Is he capable of doing it? I don't know. To me, that's a real question. My second part is the the football stuff gets played out kind of differently 
I think then the reality of, you know, Boo going to Dave and saying, Hey, you have to replace your coaches. That that's not how it happened. However, it happens. Mm, if yeah. Kevin Keats is forced or it does make changes to his staff, which I don't think is too likely based on who he's hired before, hiring his friends, that kind of thing. He still has to let them coach and let them do what they're good at. And I don't believe that is something he is capable of doing. I believe he micromanages everything. Maybe he micromanages because they're not qualified to be at this level. Well, I then mean, that's another part. Is you know again, I yeah, I, I don't know what the like, yeah. There's there's the psychological element. I'm just gonna table for right now for my thoughts on Kevin Keats as a coach person, whatever. I'm gonna table that for a second. I will say this. Uh, the guys play really hard for him <laughs> to a certain point every night, right? And, and to me, it's just like, if you're not hitting shots like they were against Georgia Tech, for example, right? It, like, at, at some point, the exhaustion, like, kind of catches up with you the way they're well, managing the Well, see, that's what Wait, wait, just, just give me a second. Oh, me a second. man. Hold on, we'll, we'll come to that. I want to answer your previous question. Or I, I think... The problem with grad transfers and transfers in general is that there probably was the fear of coming to state and getting caught in a uh, an NCAA sanction moment, which is why he should be able to bring in good transfers this year. And if he doesn't bring in good transfers, then I'd say mm, that's strike one for this op- for this season, and then you can unload the other strikes from there. Um, what was your second point that you brought up a minute ago? I think it's coach's um, coach. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I think Kevin coaches, I, I think Kevin coach is a good coach in some capacity because he does get the guys to play really hard. I'm disappointed that I'm not getting to see what I thought we were going to get to see coming <laughs> from his Wilmington days. And I'm, yeah. I will never let up off of that. Um, I thought we were going to have a really fun version of basketball to watch. Um, I just, I don't know. I think it's going to be a true testament. I, To your point, it's been said one way, it's been said the other. I'm pretty sure that the athletic department probably went to Dave Doran because they probably do end-of-year reviews and said, Dave Doran, what do you think you need in order to improve as a coach and put a better product on the field? And Dave probably said, I think I need better coaches and I really love the guys I've been fighting with, with all these years, but I need better guys. And the department probably said, no problem. How much do you need? And let's go support football like this. And I think that if Kevin Keats went to the department and said, one of the things I need is better assistant coaches and I'm going to need a larger pool to get that. And especially now that I've had this season and I'm going to be under scrutiny, I'm probably going to need more money to get some of these hired guns to come in here. And if the department says, I don't want to support you any further financially, then Kevin Keese is going to be stuck where he is. But that's the way I think those conversations typically go. I don't think state is one of those places where they, the department comes in and says, I think you need to replace coach X, Y, and Z. Like, I don't think they're Auburn. I don't think they're crazy. I think they're just like, do you think you need better coaches? Is that the problem? Do you need more money to get those guys? Fine. Here you go. You know, so... Maybe Boo just – I just think that – I I don't know. That's how it comes across to me. Maybe that's not how yeah, it goes to and, and I get it, 
my I just don't don't know if I believe that he is capable of doing, you know, of, of I don't want to say tucking his tail, but making that ask, right? Of saying, "Hey, I don't have um I don't have what I need or or I need more to be good." I'm, I'm not sure what the right but I think it's fair to give someone that opportunity and say, "Hey, I've got a what, what's our what's our contract with them anyways? Is it for the next three years, four years? How long? And he's got it? four more four more left. Okay. So I think that I think it's fair to say, dear coach, you know whoever you are at this time, you've got a forty year contract. What do you need to get better? And if you don't have the ability to park your ego somewhat and say, like, I need to have better coaches and I need to risk having guys that might know something I don't know or whatever. Then we've got a problem, right? And then you'll resolve it by firing the person. And then when it comes out and people are like, oh, I can't believe you fired Kevin Keats. Like, look at all the 500 plus seasons he's given you. You know, you come back and say. Yeah, we asked Kevin how he can improve our program because this is a rare opportunity for us to take control of the triangle, which is the key to the ACC basketball conference. And he wasn't willing to get better coaches to take us there. We decided it was time to move in a different direction. Whatever. Like there's no there's no negative PR consequences there. But I think it's fair to at least say, "Hey man, do you think that's what you need?" And if he says no, and then he loses next season, you say, hey, man, you dug your own grave here. Yeah. It's time to move on. Like, I think you know what you got with him. And that's my opinion. I think you know what you got. And yeah, the, the and I've said this before, the they got to make more shots argument just goes out the window when you play games like Syracuse, where you do make more shots and you still lose. Yeah. But, at the same time, you're take your. I wrote this on the website earlier last week. You don't make many shots because you take a lot of bad shots. Now, is that players or is that coaches? I think it's a bit of both, and I don't know. I just I, you kind of know what you got, but I believe Kevin Keats will be here next year, so it's kind of a moot point. It's a matter of does he have next year and the year after? Just next year. Go I'm ahead, raise my hand. Yeah, I see I'm that. My hand. Um, the, the one thing I think, uh, that a lot of us casual fans or uneducated basketball masses sees is there's a lot of stuff that like coming out of timeouts, end of game situations, things like that, that it feels like from our perspective, the players aren't coached very well or the schemes aren't doing anything, you know, and I, I think there is a valid, feeling in the fan base that they don't see us firing on all cylinders in those well, moments. To, to add so to that, I think it's, Oh, sorry. Let me add to that. Yeah. Just to add to that. It's, um, so people who know basketball far better than I do, who are coaches or related to basketball programs have expressed concern with exactly that schemes yeah execution things like that and it's like you could put in nil money and get some guys back next year but are you gonna get anything out of them based on what you've seen from them this year it, can so, their talent over uh overcome yeah, are they better than coaching maybe right that, is it gonna yeah hurt? yeah 
Uh, and because that's the, the thing question. I keep the key, thing I keep thinking about, Evan, is um, I cannot remember the team it was in the NIT tournament a few years ago, right? That whoever that the one with the kid that like went off for like forty or fifty points, whoever it was. Um, but I were distinctly remember that coach on the other sideline who probably would never last in the ACC was consistently drawing up these out of timeout plays that were crushing us. Yeah. And I kept thinking like, oh man, that's what I miss. I miss like old school, like tactician type coaches that you give them that timeout, you give them that 30 second break, they draw something up and it beats what you put on the court. And I don't expect us to do that every single time, but it's like, that's the kind of improvement you want to see. And you just ask yourself, how can you be this good to get this far? And yet you can't bring that element in. So if yeah. they can fix that in the off season, I would love it. Uh, was it Winthrop? No, that doesn't sound right. Uh, For what? The team in the, the NIT that beat us. Uh, Lipscomb. Lipscomb. Yeah. Yeah. Garrison. Yeah. Harrison. Garrison. Yeah. yeah that guy I really was awesome. appreciated that stuff. And, you know, again, there's more to upper level basketball especially on the recruiting side that I feel like kind of filters out coaches like that in some capacity. So you're trying to find the best of both worlds, I guess, but I think it's fair to be concerned about that. And I, I, I guess I feel better hearing you say that people in the know yeah. that aren't just casual fans say like, yeah, this, this is something that we need to improve upon. I think I put in the pod chat, <laughs> I got a text message from somebody who's a former coach and a state fan. And what he had said was essentially that, right? So, um, I said, oh my earlier, because somebody just sent me a panoramic of the stadium. It's also in the pod chat 24 minutes before the game. And I know it's 24 minutes before the game, but. Oh, don't do this. Don't do this to us. We get, we get railed on Twitter when we do this. Yeah. There's, but. I'm not putting it on Twitter. It's on the podcast. There's seven people now in this I, game right now. I'm going to correct you. It was the arena, right? Yeah, the arena. Sorry. So, it's, hold uh, on a second. Wait, this is a home game. Yeah, and we're on Bally. And we're on Bally. Oh my. Yeah. You got it. Okay. Here's the thing. ACC Network. I guarantee I would pay for this. Maybe someone else would. Just give me a live feed from like a JVC camcorder. Yes. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Hell yeah. Three quarter angle, I'm in. Yeah, and then let let podcasters or whatever do the announcing for it. Yep, it, it's not that hard to get people to watch this the stuff. Oh man, I'm doing such a good job tonight. I think I've avoided every curse word. Mom is gonna be so happy. <sighs> All right, it's be real quick, I want to get through some football. It's an hour. I'm hungry. It's dinner time. Uh, there's some football questions. Aaron McLaughlin entered the transfer portal. One of the very few that we've had hit the portal. Are you concerned? What are your thoughts? Good riddance. No, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I guess I'm not surprised. I was a little upset at the time. Um, yeah, I, here's my thoughts. If Aaron McLaughlin was really going to be the guy, I think we would have worked him in for some packages last year. We would have seen him involved, especially in games where we were struggling to run the ball. Just give that element. Um, it sucks. It feels like he has the physical tools that would really help us out. But um, I've always been concerned about uh, the game between the 
shoulder pads, the helmet, the neck, whatever. Yeah. Um, the ears. Yeah. You know, it, simple thing, man. When you see someone have a bad mustache, you always wonder. <laughs> and um, I'm going to, you know, I'm, it's interesting. I, I'm curious to see what this means as far as uh, uh, Ryan, uh, not Ryan Finley, Ben, ben Finley. Yeah. And, you know, people are like, oh, MJ Morris, blah, blah. MJ Morris isn't even here yet. He's playing baseball right now for his high school team. So I don't think Aaron McLaughlin was concerned about that. Um, to me, it just means that Aaron McLaughlin has not developed enough. Um, I get that he wants to play, but he was never going to supplant Leary. Right. He wasn't going to be the starter this year. But so, he thought, I, I think he assumed Leary was leaving. Good year. Leary bounces. And that's his window. Well, that just shows you his mental fortitude <laughs> because stop it. Oh, stop I'm it. no, I'm not. I'm not no. because there was a very low chance in my opinion that Devin Leary was going. Now he could have been waiting to see what he, his gra- draft grade is, but Leary announced he was coming back. How far back from now? And oh, now you well, yeah, the timing I'm just talking about previously. I, yeah. Oh, I'm just saying like he was waiting for know, an opportunity. Where is he going to land? I'm sure he's waiting for an opportunity. He's a little bit older for his age. Again, which to me is a negative. If you're older for your age coming into your class and you're struggling to beat Ben Finley, um, either Ben Finley is better than what we saw in that UNC game in the very limited action, which I don't think he is, if I'm being honest. I think he's a great serviceable backup. But if you can't beat the Ben Finley, then move on. Good luck. Have fun. You know, I'm frankly, I'm more excited about MJ Morris uh, than Aaron McLaughlin. Um, My concern is the backup quarterback position this year yeah. being so important. But again, if you end up with your backup quarterback, then but, you're in a, the years. Here's the hit, thing. Man. You have to adjust saw, your expectations. We saw Bailey Hockman survive as a ba- backup quarterback. Sure. I thought Ben Finley, honestly, in limited snaps was better than Bailey Hockman. Yeah. Um, and Bailey Hockman quit football the year after. So I think we'll be fine. And I know you're hungry. I'm hungry. Let's move on. I think on. McLaughlin, McLaughlin ends up at UCF with the Gus bus and they're going to run him to death. So be is his girlfriend there? His high school girlfriend? That's probably the better question. Wherever she landed, that's where no he's idea. going. Uh, hypothetical time question we got. Would you trade an ACC, tit- ACC title in football this year if it meant the team never goes above eight, nine wins for the next decade? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's the easiest question <laughs> ever we've ever gotten. Yeah, eight nine wins will be an awesome ten years, right? Save Winning. save this. We'll we'll come back to this for another episode and talk about okay. even more in depth of why I would trade that in. All right, I'll save that one. We got to eat. Uh, come on. Yeah, sixty one percent of Power Five teams have a new offensive coordinator this year. Just a random note that I wanted to add. Um, do you? Does that make you feel better or worse about uh, Tim Beck? Uh. I don't think it changes my thoughts on Tim Beck. Uh, it makes me more confident. I, I think there's too I, much. I agree. Okay. I, I think see there's, yeah. I think there's too high of expectations for offensive quarters in general. Again, let's come back to that one next time too. Yeah. Then a lot of the question, football roster thoughts, any hopeful additions? Yeah. An offensive line. Um, yeah. That's, that's still my only roster thought. Actually, my hope, my hopeful addition is Zavala, Zavala somehow getting a yeah. waiver. Yeah. All right. What is the second? What is this fourth one here? Life advice. 
Yeah. So I heard I read this quote. And this is this is done. I'm gonna save the NIL stuff for another time. We're an hour and ten minutes in. So we got a an NIL conversation that we could probably have a whole podcast on. But since Mahesh has got life all figured out now and doesn't ask us any more questions, I saw this quote the other day, and I know we have a lot of young listeners that I want to read. I thought it was a good quote. And it says, successful habits in your 20s will show in your 30s. And I just really like that. I thought that was a good way to to end. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people that are in that demographic that listen to us. So I would um well, do we want to talk about that at a later date, I guess, or what? Well, I, I think it might not necessarily be successful habits, but just the habits and experiences of your 20s show in your 30s, pay off in your 30s. Um, I think you change, especially in employment or careers. You're coming out of college, your 25 to 30 range is still, especially at least for me, still feels young, fun, and you're kind of like working your way through it. Um, And even as you get through your 30s, at least for younger people now, I feel like this is when it starts to slow down a little bit. Um, so yes, the successful habits are really important, but I don't know, man, I, I just, I still think your twenties are really like your melting pot time. And, um, unless you find a career or opportunity that's really worth sticking around for. And this is coming from someone who's been in his job for over 14 years. So, Take that with a grain of salt, but um, I had the opportunity. Career. I, I, I'm not even. I don't think about it in the context of career. I think about it in the context of like health and you know, oh, long, for sure, longevity. <laughs> like, what are you? You know, are you building? Are, are you investing? Are you building a financial freedom into your future? Those kind of things. I, those are the kind of habits that. I think I was probably 50 50 on when I, in my twenties, I did some of them really oh. well. I think I did some of them really bad. So yeah. If we want to uh, have the, how you should do your twenties better, um, podcast, we'll save that for the off season. Cause we're going to need some content. Yeah. I'll just a quick hint. Um, maximize that 401k contribution to 30% while you're under a certain threshold. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that'll be a good off season talk topic, but yeah. All right. Yeah, I missed those Mahesh questions. Yeah, me too. Anyway, we have a whole NIL thing in this document that we didn't get to, but this is getting long, and that's a really really, uh, deep conversation that we need to have. Um, So I'll try to get Will back on the mics at some point here shortly so we can do another one. Oh, well, now that I'm healthy and through all the life's dramas from the last few weeks, I I mean, we can just do these all the time. No problem. (laughs) Pack baseball, 5-0, 19-3 win today. Tommy White continues to be Tommy White. And, yeah, let's go watch the Pack basketball somewhere on Bally Sports. And, as always, uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, send us a link to illegally stream the game, please. Yeah, Reddit R NCAA B-Ball streams is where you find your stuff. Everybody always asks what's there. Yeah. Bally still sucks. All right. Go pack. Unbelievable. Yeah, go pack. I'm
Oh, God.